Hey, this is Nick Cressy with the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. On this week's episode, we talk workouts over the holiday break, Rob's new home gym setup, Dan's Nano X review, and really the, the key takeaways are setting good habits and breaking bad ones in the new year. Also get into the hardest wads we've ever done, and of course, Dan's stream of the week and some new fresh hitters for the playlist. Hope you enjoy. Tell a friend. This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Hey, this is Dan Gore from the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. We'd like to thank you for all of your support. And if you love the podcast, please recommend to a friend. Find the Strategy of Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Please like, subscribe, follow, and leave a review if you can. On Instagram, we are at the Strategy of Fitness, and we also give you the best gym songs every week, the Strategy of Fitness official hitters playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. It's a new year, same us. What's going on, boys? I vow to change absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> What's up, Rob? Not much, man. It doesn't feel like much has changed over from 20 to 21 for me, but I don't know. I think that's probably the same for everybody. Yeah, I think everyone's been just been bitching about 2020 to the point where everyone's just sick of hearing about it. And they think the calendar turning over is going to change direction of, <laughs> of what's going on for the next couple months. But Clean let's, let's stay as yeah, clean slate, starting over, it's fresh. That said, for some people, it probably is, and I think we're going to get into that today, talking about habits. We did something similar last New Year's, that first episode back, just talking about habits, creating them, breaking bad ones. We'll get into that in a little bit. But it's been weeks, boys. How's the gym been? Let's start with the hottest thing that we should be talking about, and it's Dan, your new shoes. So fired up the Nano 10. So for everyone that doesn't know, because this is a really cool thing that someone in our gym told me is that for teachers, government employees, first responders, and I'll try to share a link out too, you do get 50% off Reebok. I think you can only use the deal once per month. So fired up the new Nanos, had Bailey wrap them up and give me them as a Christmas present, which was sick. I love them. So a little bit more flexible than the Nano 9, which was kind of the biggest complaint with the Nano 9 was a little stiff super stable. And the only kind of negative I've heard about them is that they're not good for running and that they're a little heavy. Yeah. I don't think that's true at all. I think that they're, they feel lighter than the nine and, you know, I think they're fine for running and they're super stable with lifting. I absolutely love them. And I think that Rob, I know that you don't like to spend money or, or buy anything or do anything with gear, but that, that would be a, that would, that'd be a shoe. I think you, you'd love and, and would Definitely benefit from picking up the newest Nano if you can find a deal on it. And they, you know, they're going to go on it. You know, they were just selling them for sixty five. They're going to go on sale at some point soon. So I, I got them for sixty five, and I think at that price point, you, you got to pull the trigger. Well, I'm looking at them right here. So I, I respect what you're saying about the function of the shoe, but like, what about the style of this? Is this what's cool right now? Because I'm, I'm unimpressed by the look of this shoe. Yeah, what about you, Nick? I think that they're the best looking Nano, and quite i like the nines i like the other nines i think they're a little better than the nines i think they're pretty similar. i like the retro i like the retro reebok sign right they're away from the delta so that's that's a plus and i think that they kind of just layered something onto the nines it almost looks like that back heel is just like an addition they're, they're fine i mean there's no particular colorway that that blows me away but i got my mom a pair for for christmas and on they look pretty nice and they're much, one thing from the nines to the tens, the ten, the nines, and I even felt it, they're very functional. They're great for that foundation, but they feel wide. 
And I know some people love having all that space. I didn't love all that space in the toe box. These look like they've tightened it up a little bit, but they still maintain a wide base. So I think that's where you can run in them. You can do box jumps in them and you can lift stably in them. Yeah, I agree with that. They definitely tighten up that toe box. And in terms of colors, like I, I got the kind of gray, which is usually a planner color for me. It has a nice little like accent, like a kind of a neon kind of chartreuse accent. And then like most shoes, and again, I'm a little weary with my shoes. Some of the women's colorways, I'm like, oh man, I'd order that in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, it's the women's. So I, I think that they'll hopefully get some better styles out there for the dudes, but great shoe. Yeah. And if you thought you were coming into this podcast in 2021, this is why I prefaced it with New Year, same us, because we came in hot with fucking Reebok Nano 10 reviews to start it off. So how do you like that? Rob, talk about the workouts. What have you been up to the last, let's call it three weeks? Big changes going on at the Roland Outdoor let's Gym. Let's go. Let's go. So two, two big Christmas gifts. One is the flat bench. So no more floor pressing in my backyard. We can do some real bench press. Big Big progression Dang. there. And I got the dip bar attachment. So 2021, trying to get this upper body just looking looking silly. I feel like I got to look like I might work out every once in a while. But after 21, I want people to look at me and be like, that guy works out too much. It's time to put some some beef on this upper body. So are you leaving that bench outside? Or are you bringing it in every time you're done with it? Since I'm only benching like every four workouts, it's just... It's right here inside. So I got power blocks inside. I can do some accessory work in the basement, but it's it's easy enough and light enough to bring outside. I, I didn't want to get the adjustable because those are a pain in the ass to move. The flat bench yeah. is pretty, even the Rogue one, which is pretty well built, it's pretty easy to move. Love it. That's going to change the game let, in 21. Let me hear the thought process between purchasing the dip bar versus rings. Like, what, what, what were you thinking there? Because I, I, I like the ring dips. I, I like regular dips. I think dips are fantastic, but... What is your preference, the rings versus the, the standard dip bar? I mean, I already have the rings. I use them more for like push-ups and accessory works. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of dips on the rings. I feel like you're limited more by the instability and you can't weight them. Weighted dips are like one of the big, the best upper body builders you can do. If you've got the shoulder range of motion to do a dip, weighted dips will put, will put beef on your upper body. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also think... The static nature of of that extender is, I don't know, it's better for me. I, ring dips mess me up, <laughs> especially as, as the reps go up. They, they get a little funky. Yeah, I remember there was that regionals like a few years ago they put, was it was it ring dips they put in there? And like, I think there was like a rash of torn pecs and, and biceps that went on. Like, I think they did like a regional, DT, or a regional JT. And it's one of the workouts that I had that I wanted to talk about, which is like 21-15-9 handstand push-ups, ring dips, and push-ups. And I think they did it like strict and with weight on or something. And I think people got hurt or they doubled the, they doubled the reps or something. It's just crazy. You know, once, once you, you hit failure on ring dips, things can get pretty fuzzy with your elbows as you're flailing out, try to, trying to control yourself. It's good that you're good at them, Dan. I, I've, I've had a difficult time building volume. I don't know if I'm good at them. I just, they don't, I guess I have decent range of motion enough to get into it. They don't really bother me. I'm sure you could do more than me if we were like competing, but they don't really just get to me like as much as like, I'm sure you could bang out the handstand pushups. Like for me, it's, you know, it's a slog, you know, I'm feeling a lot more of the ring dips, just they don't kill me in the same way. And I think it's probably more of a range of motion thing. But uh, yeah, who knows? I, I think that like like Rob was talked about in our previous episode, you do have to get that shoulder into a good amount of extension. And I have treated, you know, speaking of pec tears, I treated a CrossFitter. This was in the early days of CrossFit who did shred his pec and tore his pec doing, I think it was bench press. It was a 135-pound bench press he tore his pec, but he tore it after ring dips. It was a ring dip bench press combo. It's probably not the best programming, <laughs> but but he, he he definitely did that. And that's that's that that'll hurt. And just think like, I, I would never hang like 90 pounds from my waist and try to do a ring dip, but on a stable dip bar, like all day. That makes a lot of sense. And in a stable dip bar, you know, what a phenomenal way. I, I think that it really cleans up a lot of the superfluous motion you'll see from the ring. So yeah, I just want to get your take down. You had some sort of reason or rationale. Yeah, yeah that's and, a really good point. And Titan makes an attachment that fits on the rogue rack I have and they do their stuff. Like I figure... I know a lot of their stuff isn't super high quality, but like a one piece welded together dip bar, like it was like 60 or 70 bucks. Like it, I mean, it's worked well for one workout. Hopefully it holds up. Beautiful. Any new gear for you this year, Dan? And then I want to jump back to you, Rob, with 
hear the engine, how that's been over the holidays. Yeah. And, and also we have to hear about Rob's bench because he did some pretty imp- impressive bench work, but new gear. I'm like, I got the nano tens. That was my big gift. And then I got a couple of road gift cards from the fam. So I fired up a pull-up bar. So me and the father-in-law are going to spend some time out at the pull-up bar this week. Tony T is going to come over and help me out with that. And then as far as other equipment, I got a couple 25-pound bumpers so I can hit some 95-pound thrusters for workouts. And then still kind of debating, depending on these daddy checks, how much I could uh, fire up maybe a, an either an Echo bike or a Concept 2 bike. So we'll see We'll see where that goes in the coming weeks or if it even happens or you know who, who the hell knows with these hey. Titan just released their air bike for like 600 bucks. I think they tried to make it a little bit cheaper than the other Ooh, ones. But yeah. again, I, I think quality wise, you can't go wrong with an echo bike. I don't think they're really, I mean, if, if it, it, all I care about, and even I'm a, a willing to sacrifice if the make is not as quite as tight or as neat or whatever, if it's not, if it's a little dumpier, that's fine. I just care about the, the calories sync up somewhere in the realm of an echo or an assault bike, just so the programming stays good while I'm at home. Yeah. And when it comes to fitness stuff, I'm always for spending more for something that's going to last you. Like a concept two piece is if you take care of it, it'll last you forever. And I'm always looking at the Delta. Like what's the difference if you're in this thing for six fifty and you can get the best one for seven fifty, it's an extra hundred dollars. Like what what the hell? That's cool. Rob. So tell us about the bench because you you got the bench, but you, you hit some pretty impressive numbers there. So I, I kind of changed up my, my lifting splits. My, I've always either done like total body lifting three days a week or split upper body, lower body. So I'm going back to Wendler's 531 program. I don't know if we've talked about that on here, but. Give us a refresher. So I was going through like my wife's making me throw away all my high school stuff so we can make room in the basement for all of Jackson's new gifts he got. And I found my old workout journals and I, I made some good progress on 531 in the past. So it's it's a low volume, really simple wave periodization progression program. So you spend three weeks building up, you do sets of five, sets of three, and then a set of five, three, one the last week, and you work up to like 85, 90, 95%. And that last set is always for max reps. So you start with a really conservative estimate of what your max is. So for, for bench press, the 85% worked out to something near 225. So I'm supposed to hit that for five reps. But if you're feeling good, you max it out. And I was able to hit like a set of 10 with no no spotter with not having to bench in a year. So I was pretty pretty happy about that. But I'm going to do bench, back squat, strict press, and front squat and kind of work through those four movements. Lower body days, I'm going to do back. So upper body pulling. And then my upper body days is going to be upper body pressing. And then any accessory arm work I can do. And that's I've never really split it up like that. but Figure I'll do a little bit more like aesthetic type work for the upper body while I'm, I was gonna uh, say this is uh this is this is turning into you know you're gonna look good. Dude, I, I missed like a good getting a good pump. Like I, I really want to go into a bodybuilding split, but I don't have like the machines and gym access right now. So I figured it's the best way I could do it. Here's a secret too that I've been I've been finding out, you know, just with rehabbing some different injuries and just you know, just kind of mixing things up and having a double sense. Hey. Little secret, you know, bodybuilding is really fucking fun. Like going out and doing bicep curls and triceps and feeling the pump and, you know, seeing the veins in the mirror, like there is nothing better. And also too, you're not dead after the workout. Like I did a nice accessory lift today and it just, I felt really good afterwards. I wasn't drained from the day. I didn't need two naps to recover for football. So mm-hmm. <laughs> like are sometimes you, bodybuilding is just really fun. Are you finally on board with like the direct shoulder work, like lateral raises and front raises? Can we, can we get on the yeah, same but- page here? Yeah, I've been hitting them. I've been hitting them. I, I, again, it's whatever. I, I don't think that, I think my primary argument for them is it drives me nuts sometimes in the rehab setting to see people hammering those exercises before you develop good scapulothoracic movement and good kinematics within the shoulder joint would be my primary contention. That being said, I, you know, for a pure bodybuilding exercise, sure. Why the fuck not? As well, long as you get cannonballs, man. As long as you can control it, again, again, you just see people butchering that exercise. As long as you can control it, I'm fine with it. All right. I was hoping you were just coming full in, but you had to caveat it. Thanks for ruining that. <laughs> Give us a little bit about your, your workouts, Dan. I know you're battling the wrist a little bit still, but it sounds like you're, you're comfortable in the front rack now. So give us an update, man. What have you been up to? Yeah. So I had a little tweak of the wrist and I wanted to just talk about why that happened. And then Rob, I wanted to get some of your take and Nick too. Wait, I didn't know about this. Was in the group text? You don't tell me this. You have like a separate group text with Nick? We do between me, Nick, and Alex because Alex actually responds, one of our faithful (laughs) listeners. So if it's a big issue, I'll I'll go by Alex. Now, it's the same injury I had. You just didn't want me to tell you to put that brace back on. Go downstairs and put that brace back on your wrist. Dude, that brace is off. I was just, (laughs) I I just fired it up. I didn't get x rayed. I just fucking, 
kept going. But yeah, I just tweaked it in the same manner. And I realized my problem is I got obsessed with people who have really good front racks. And I try to catch every fucking clean in a perfect full grip front rack position. So that's not how you do it. You want to receive the bar, you know, and in a good position. And I was just wondering, what are some great drills to help me receive the bar and not try to grip it like an asshole? So your, your issue is you try to keep like a full grip on the bar? Yeah. I, I got obsessed with it because it helps sometimes in workouts. Like if I'm going to the thruster, right, it helps me to just get that full grip right away. And then the front squats get easier and I'm carrying less of a load. So I, I got obsessed with doing it and it carried over even into heavy cleans and even in like heavy cleans in a workout. And that's not good. And that's kind of how I tweaked it both times. You saw the video, the one video. Yeah. So the, the drills I always like for like teaching that good catch position, it doesn't really, I'm trying to think if it applies to you with like, cause that, that's not, not an issue I've really dealt with before, but I really like muscle cleans cause it teaches you that really fast elbow and the weight's usually light enough that you can just focus on bar position and then cleaning from like a high hang position. We've talked about that one too. It's just you, your speed on the bar has to be so fast. Like you, t- you don't even have time to think about what your hand is doing. You just get to this really rapid turnover and then you have to catch that bar on your shoulders. You're not catching it in your, your hands at all. Like your fingers stay on the bar, but watch any elite lifter. They, they do their clean and then reposition to get to a jerk. Like I understand the, the CrossFit application, but that can only happen with like 95 pound weight, right? Because I can kind of like reverse curl it and cheat it and get it right to a press position. But for you, man, as soon as you start hitting like 115, like you saving time by cleaning straight into a press position is not worth it. It's not worth saving that half a second, whatever it is. Yeah. And I've realized that I've learned it the hard way. And and the sad thing is I actually know, I feel like I know how to receive a bar. I just got in that habit just, and again, this prior to your point about certain CrossFit workouts and why they might not be the best is like you get obsessed with trying to shave those seconds. And it's like, there's no point in doing what I was doing. So I just need to come to Jesus moment on the cleans, but everything else is going, is going pretty well. And it's going to be a lot of time to work on some strict pull-ups. So I've been having that in my life again. You got me thinking about this. Here's a question I have that I don't know. When you get to like high level CrossFit competition, are those guys and girls holding a hook grip when they get to that rack? Or is there like a skill of re like gripping your, your hook grip on the way down? Well, from my perspective, it's, it's re grip. So you're, you're, when you're getting up to your two twenty five it would be such a strain on my wrist and elbow as I'm cycling that barbell. If you actually watch the good people way better than me, they're coming up and you can actually see them re-gripping on the way down. And it almost looks like they're separate. They're not even holding onto the bar. They are, they're just, they're chasing it down and they're re-gripping, using the balance coming back up. So okay. that, that makes sense. Cause that when you do that hook grip and you're, when you hit your second pull that like quick release of the bar, that's the only way you're going to be snappy enough to get underneath and catch it. If you're trying to hold a grip on the bar, you're going to be so slow on that turnover that your yep. cleans are going to start looking like shit anyway. So I, I understand the, the cheat you're going for there, but that's, I think it's just going to mess up your speed and your technique overall. Yeah. And it, it's a, like I said, it's, it's kind of a hard lesson learned, but it, it's got a lesson learned nonetheless. And I think if you're out there and you're listening and, and you are, or have developed similar bad habits, like, and you are dealing with kind of hand or wrist or forearm things, go back to the basics and, you know, try to have somebody coach you through it and, you know, maybe start with some of those muscle cleans and really being fast under the bar at lighter weights, because that work at lighter weights, I think, and you guys have hammered that into me, it's just, it's going to get you so much further and just hammer that technique than trying to hammer heavy weights with poor technique. So good, good little uh, lesson to learn there. But, but overall, I'm healing up good. I'll be, I'll be but back But it, it, it is a really interesting conversation and probably a, a full-length episode, the distinction between cycling a barbell efficiently at light weights and doing a heavy 1RM, 3RM, whatever it is. I, was, I actually did a, a heavy power snatch workout, hang power snatch workout today. And in the later rounds, I was just, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is terrible form, piss poor form, not hitting any of my touch points. like just hammering bad habits, but it was light enough that I could do it. And then I can go, it's almost like a separate exercise when you're going to go actually line up and do a heavy power snap. It's, it's one of those things as you're a newbie, if you're getting into CrossFit this year, you need to know that you're 45 pound, you're 65 pound, you're 75 pound snatches or power cleans are going to be slightly different than your, you know, 80, 90, hundred percent lifts. 
Yeah. And I, I think it goes back to, I think one of our guests, John Woolley made a good point that, you know, if it done right, like Rob said, with a five, three, one programming, the best programming, it, it is math. You know, there is percentages that you have to work off. There is intent and it has to be a mathematical breakdown of the percentages and the intent of these lifts, which I think everyone, and I think you're lying if you haven't, has, has fallen victim to at some point and screwing up those percentages for either your ego or the person next to you, or, you know, the, what's on the sheet, you know, what, what's been programmed for you. So, so it's, it's, the struggle, I think, for all of this, as you guys can see, kind of a round robin today. We don't have a, a crazy structured outline, so let me let me jump in. I actually wanted to bring this up a little bit later when I got to my lifts for the last couple of weeks. But Rob, so I, I was in a pretty high percentage phase for I'd say a, a couple months. I'm down now. I'm doing like with with no clock. I'm doing like three sets. One is a three by four. One's three by three. One's three by two. And it's squat cleans, again, no measure from a, from a time pers- perspective. And it's like 65, 70, 75%. And I get bored with that weight. I just, I, I won't do it. Like I'll, I immediately go up because it's like, I'm not getting anything from 215 or 225. What's the method? What, what, is, what is Clyde thinking there? I'm sure he's probably thinking like you think, like it's, it's time for a deload, but we keep hammering technique. Is that what you think? Yeah. And it's different when you start talking about Olympic lifts, right? Because there's that whole force velocity curve with when you're working maximal strength, you're going to have to slow down in order to, to still move weight. When you're talking about the Olympic lifts, speed is, is key. Like it, you, you're never going to do a max out and be like slower than one of your like mid range lifts. So even at 60, 70%, you're still getting carry over to your main lifts. It's just your focus for those should be hundred percent perfect honed in technique. So that like, you should be like, man, this is a good day. I'm not going to be feeling crushed after this. I'm just going to have a perfect rep. Every time I touch the bar, it's only sets of three sets of four. I can focus on that, but you are grooving that neural pathway. You're putting myelin in the brain down to your muscles. So you coordinate this motion perfectly. So when it comes up in a conditioning workout, or you're going for a max, you don't default to your step forward with like your back leg first on like a split jerk or something like that. It is grooving that pattern. You are honing your technique and, and drill it in. And while your body recovers a little bit, cause it's just not that heavy for you. Got it. I knew there's a method of the madness at the same time when I get out there, if I'm like, if I'm squat cleaning once a week and like, I'm not even supposed to be up over 275. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm wasting my fucking time. Now, here's a, here's, here's an analogy for you, Nick. So you'll appreciate this. Do you think Steph Curry practices free throws? Of course. Of course he does. So you think you're better than him? No. Okay. Well, probably fucking, fucking practice. <laughs> you might be better than the squat. <laughs> I better be. But, but not free throws. So yeah, it's, think of it the same way. It's like, obviously it's a fucking easy shot for him, but there's still intent there. And you're still working on, uh, you know, honing the, the, the motor pathways. Oh, about you, I love it. Or if you look at the guys from like West side barbell, that training Louis Simmons, they have a dynamic day where those guys are training 65% of their max squat, but they are moving the bar as fast as they possibly can. And you're talking about yeah. guys that squat a thousand pounds, but they might be doing workouts with 500 pounds, which is nothing to them, but it's intent, man. Move that bar as fast as you can. Make sure your technique is honed in. So there's, yeah, there's like today, of workouts. I, I, I fought back against my two week ago self today. And I went out and I stuck to the percentages. I just didn't use a belt. I didn't use chalk. I didn't use lifters. I didn't like, I stripped myself. I was completely raw. And I was like, you know, I'm going to just focus on the lift, get it perfectly, foot placement, my, my stare, everything still felt weird because it was lightweight and I kind of got frustrated, but. And I know where you're coming from because you don't want to walk away from your garage and be, you feel like you didn't do much. You want to kind of right. come in the house and feel def- like just crushed. Your body's just hurting you. But I mean, you know, deep down when you think about it, that's not how you get better. Like. Now, having those workouts that are like a five or six out of 10 intensity, that's where you make real progress. The nine out of 10, 10 out of 10s come once in a while. But if you keep doing that all the time, you get hurt or you get burnt out. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, since I was chatting about myself, I will say December 26th, 2020, 340 clean finally went up Been chasing that thing for far too long. It's really quite ridiculous that it took this long. Very, very happy about that. So I'm hoping 350 is in in the cards for for 2021. We'll we'll see, we'll see, boys. We'll do it together. And you literally chased it, and then you chased it 
on yeah. the actual list. <laughs> oh <laughs> it's good, though. Good shit. Walked it off the platform. Um, oh and then God. back on the platform. And then, yeah, moonwalked it back up. Just yeah, that was a sick, for all of our TikTok fans, that was a sick TikTok, by the way. <laughs> Dude, you crushed it. I appreciate that TikTok, man. I was so excited. And that was a, that was a classic. Like I, I woke up, felt like shit. Cause that was the night after Christmas, you know, drank too much, ate too much, but went out there and hit a heavy clean, walked my ass right inside and watched, uh, <laughs> watch some sports. I did do a really nasty wad. I wanted to give you guys today. It was 25, 20, 15, 10 thrusters. The barbell was 75, 95, 115, 135. And there was a five minute rest. And then it was the same rep scheme, 25, 20, 15, 10, and hang power snatch, same weight, 75, 95, 115, 135. So my goal was sub 15. I wanted to go sub five, five minute rest, sub five. And I got it. I 1458 was my time. I did the thrusters unbroken, which was brutal. If you know me, you know, I'm always on the run up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash proven grit. Check it out. 426. And then I did the power hang power snatches in 458. So nasty. If you just want to go mess around with a barbell and blow out your forearms, that's essentially what I did. But something you can hit at home. You don't need anything other than a barbell. Dude, I'm watching your clean right here. Were you wearing your lifters when you did your 340? No. Why not? I don't know. I, I, I didn't expect to go heavy that day. Nice work, man. Yeah, it's it's all the catch. It's all the catch, you know. <laughs> it all depends where my legs let, wind up. If they're a little wide, I'm not standing that bitch up. All good. Dan, have you been working out at the gym or have you been doing most of your stuff at home? Both. I've been at the gym the last five days. Like pretty much, you know, just with a new job, it's I go to the gym on the days I can get there. And then on the days I train at home, I train at home. But yeah, I, I want to talk about Friday's workout at our gym, which was what a, it was a really good one. It was just super simple. And again, you could do a variant of this at home pretty easily, but 50 step-ups with a 50-pound weight. So 50 24-inch step-ups with a 50-pound weight, 50 chest-to-bars, and then 50 cows on the assault bike for time. That's easy. You can do yeah. that at home. You can modify it and do strict pull-ups, whatever you want to do. Anything. You ripped your hands up, didn't you? Destroyed my hands. I, was, I had a good strategy on the chest-to-bars. I was going to hit fives for the 50, and you know everything's... you know a good idea until you get punched in the mouth or whatever that saying is. Cause at about 25, old Dan started going to threes and twos and eventually it finished off with singles. So got kind of dicey. And then the assault bike, I was pretty toast, but I think I finished that in like 1126. So you're looking at about a little over five minutes per movement. If anybody wants to get out there and, and get after it, but the, the step ups, I think were closer to like 245, 250. And I think the chest of bars was kind of the bulk of it. Probably closer to like seven or, you know, probably, probably, five, six minutes, something like that. Who knows? And I don't know, whatever the math is on that. Yeah. What about the psychopath that won no, no, not the five, no, 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 I'm sorry. Not the, not five minutes. Cause that's 1126 for three movements. I'm talking closer to three minutes per movement. Yeah. A little over three minutes. Per movement. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say yeah, that makes more sense. How about the psycho that did 50 cows on the echo echo bike challenge in like under 30 seconds. Doesn't even make sense. Doesn't make sense. That is the most insane shit ever. What was it? 18? I thought it was 28 or something. 
What do you got to play to wattage wise? Any idea? I don't know. Can't even fathom it. I don't know. I mean, you got to be holding, I'm guessing, like 1,800 watts for 30 seconds straight on something like that. I, I don't have like the reference with Echo Bike to guesstimate, but that, that's pretty, pretty stout. You have to be that perfect blend of big, powerful, and also have an engine, right? Like 20, 24 seconds was his time. 24 uh, seconds. I did 43 in a minute, and my day was fucked up. <laughs> that is a you know that is a crazy accomplishment i mean can we still gotta give out the presidential medal of honor for that like that is that's heroic in my opinion it really is <laughs> it is good stuff all right anything else around the room workout wise or do we want to get into a little bit of little habit talk since it is new year same us I just hit the 500 meter row today, just 500 meter sprint for time. That's always a gut check. Uh, 131, which just tied my previous PR. But what did you guys, Tom? I'm curious. What did you guys hit on that? I know Rob has a three, I, 122, something like that. That was before CrossFit. It was back in, I was out in Bahrain. Another one that ruined my day. You were lower than that, right, Rob? Yeah, I don't, it's been a while. I don't think I've ever broke 120, but I think I've gotten really close, like low 20, 120 point something. <sighs> I was cruising at like, like the, going to the last hundred meters, it was like a projected finish at 126 or 127. And I, I'm talking died at that 400 meter mark. So I don't know if there's anything, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot I could do, but man, did I, did I crash and burn? Cause I, last time I did it, I feel like it was steadier this time. It was like, I was cruising and I just hit a wall and died, but that's always a good one. If you want to test yourself. Yeah. I like that one. Cause it's again, there's a little bit of technique when it comes to rower, but 500 meters is just all in minute and a half. and see what you got check your gut that's it check your gut painful painful check painful check all right dan set us up for for some goal setting chat yeah so uh, there's a lot of talk in the new year's time and again we last year we kind of did our new year's resolution pot i didn't want to do the resolution i don't think either of us or any of us are really big fans of the resolution talk but we always want to give you actionable shit here on this podcast and not just verbiage for the sake of verbiage. So I want to talk about goal setting, ways you could, could set a goal and succeed in it. And it doesn't have to be a new year goal. You can listen to this episode, I think, at any time and gain some value from it. But just a way to hold yourself accountable for the goals you have in the next year or two years or five years or however long it may be. So I want to start with Rob. And Rob, what are some good strategies for goal setting and what's some things that have worked for you? So let's, I'm going to keep my focus on like fitness goals because that's, yeah, nobody cares about anything else here. Yeah, I, I don't feel <laughs> qualified to speak on anything else. My my life's probably way too messed up to speak on anything besides fitness. But like again, these are like themes that I've touched on before on here, so I, that's probably good that I'm consistent. But I think one thing that really helps with a, a fitness goal is just doing things consistently. So setting momentum. So if your goal is to lose weight, try to do something every single day that's working towards that. As soon as you sit like set like a goal that I'm going to go on Monday, Wednesday, Friday to the gym and work out for two hours, like you miss it one time and you mess up your whole week. Like just get in the habit of doing something small every single day. And the other thing is try to find some sort of intrinsic motivation. Like it, it's great going to CrossFit. Like I've recommended to to friends to go to CrossFit gym just because it, it takes the thinking out of it. It's you just show up to the gym. There's something on the board. Here's what you're going to do. That's going to last you for a little while, but at some point you have to take the responsibility and find some something that motivates you. And it's usually got to be something very personal to you. Like you're gonna you're gonna train because you want to be healthy for your kid when they, they get older and you want to be there at their college graduation and not die of like heart failure. So finding some kind of intrinsic motivation, like hiring personal trainers and that stuff is great to get going, but you're never going to stick with it and buy in unless you find a personal motivator to keep you going. Well said. And, and I think that intrinsic motivation, I know that all three of us, for lack of a better word, probably have some inner demons that we battle with to keep us motivated. I know, I know I do. One thing that I think really helps with any type of goal or goal setting is make it measurable. You cannot have a good goal if it's not measurable. So, so things on nature of like, I want to look better in a bathing suit or I want to, I don't know, pick something, you know, there's lots of goals that get thrown around there. 
But if you pick something that's actually measurable, I want to improve my front squat to 325 pounds for a one rep max. Then you know you hit your goal. If you just set all these goals in into outer space and there's no valid way to measure them, you're not really doing yourself a favor there. So I think for me, and especially recently, and this has been a good change in my set for myself, is whatever your goal is, just make it measurable. Make it, you know, have a time dependency. Make sure it's, hey, you know, in this six-month period, you know, I want to make sure I hit my five, three, one program on front squat, bench press, back squat, and deadlift. And I'm going to do that by doing these lifts four days a week at the recommended percentages. And that way, you know, there's a time dependency to it. It's measurable. And that way, you know, you hit your goals. And then as far as the long-term goals of what you're going to get out of those lifts, it'll be very easy because you're going to see, did you hit the numbers or not? And then you can readjust, reestablish. So measurable time dependency are always two good ones for me as far as goal setting. Can I throw a caveat into the, to the measurable part of that? Please do. So I think it's great to have a goal to work towards. Like you want to hit this 325 front squat. Like it feels great to hit something like that, but you also have to like enjoy the process of getting there. Like the six months of hitting your front squat workouts once a week, you have to enjoy that process. If you just put all the onus on whether I hit this 325 front squat on June 1st, like you're setting yourself up for failure. If you just enjoy the process of getting there, like that's where you really invest yourself in like a lifelong pursuit of fitness. Like you have to have those goals out there, but don't put everything into that number. Yeah. Very well said. And I, th- I think it is a good baseball analogy and an idea of a bad goal. I think in a ba- if, you, if you're playing a baseball season, a bad goal or, or not as good a goal would say, I want to hit 350 this season. Okay. The, the, there's a lot of variables that go into hitting 350. A good goal is I want to make solid contact you know, every single time I step up to the plate, because solid contact is going to eventually lead to a good batting average. But having a batting average out there as a as a goal, there's so many variables out there. So making better contact is a good goal. Again, that's a little tough to measure, but but I think that there has to be some good intent. It has to be measurable. Yeah, I think you guys hit a lot of good stuff there. And stop me if I pontificate here, because this is one of my my favorite topics, honestly. And it's it's inside of fitness, it's outside of fitness. It doesn't need to be a New Year's resolution. I just think it's so important. And the older I get, the more I hear people, especially in fitness, but financial, professional, whatever it is, man, it's it's the same thing over and over again. Goals are really easy to set. They're not easy to achieve. And what's the what's the quote that everyone said? A, a plan or a goal without a plan is a wish. So many people get to January 1st and they have a goal. And the goal was, I want to lose weight. I want to quit smoking. There's no plan involved, right? So one of the biggest things, measurable, love that, but you have to have a structure and you have to be able to lean on that structure when things get hard. You know, the first thing I tell almost anyone that wants to set a goal is tell someone else, go tell someone else. Because if you keep it right here, dude, you know how many fucking goals I have in my head right now? A hundred of them, but they're not real until I share them with you guys. This podcast was one for how many years, Dan? We bullshitted about this five or six years. Too many, too many. Yeah, we should have like, just done it. Right. Uh, the real estate stuff I have with my boys. Like, I wanted to be flipping houses and renting houses since I was 26, 27 years old. It took me till I was 30 and I was drunk in Vegas. You know, that drunk ambition, eventually you have to listen to them, but you have to have the structure in place. So when things get difficult, that you can fall back on. And it's, it's really, really important when it comes to diet. I think so many people want to lose weight by, by really tightening up their diet. What's the plan? Are you using RP strength? Are you counting macros? Are your macros dialed in? Do you have a coach? Whatever it may be, you have to have that. And, and to that point, something that you should build into your structure is a rewards program for yourself. I don't know about you guys, but anytime I have a, a physical fitness goal, especially, it's like, when I, when I do this, I'm going to buy this, or I'm going to be able to eat this, or whatever it may be. So, you know, it shouldn't be something that it's just dick dragging all the time. It should be something you look forward to when you hit a win, because setting a goal is hard, it's stressful. When you hit your win, built into your structure, your accountability to yourself should be, I'm going to go reward myself with XYZ. And that makes setting the next goal fun. Yes, goals are challenging, but they should be fun because when you're achieving them, you're rewarded with something. It used to be like Metcons, Dan. I like, I, you know, you and me, we have that shoe fetish. I'd buy a new, new, new Nobles, whatever it may be. So, if you're setting a plan for yourself or you're setting a goal for yourself, have a plan and 
I think one other thing, when we talk about developing good habits and setting goals, you also have to think about developing bad habits or, or breaking bad habits. One of the things that James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, the reason I love the book so much is make the things that you know are hindering you or that are bad habits harder to do. So like he uses an example, if you're addicted to television, well, if the television remote is sitting on the table, it's really easy to pick it up and turn it on. Well, if you take it, you put it out in the cold garage, are you really going to go at the end of your workday and go pick up that thing? If you are, maybe you're walking down the steps telling yourself, hey man, I'm trying to break this habit. Imagine if it's cigarettes, imagine if it's booze, whatever it is. And I'm not drinking for January. So do you think I have a bunch of delicious drinks? I'm drinking water, but, but not alcohol. Do you think I have that in, in my fridge? No, of course not. I have nothing in my fridge that's alcoholic. So long rant, make the goals and the plans that you're trying to achieve easier, frictionless, and make the ones that you're trying to break full of friction. I like that a lot, Nick. And would you say, because I want to throw this out to the gang, like what is your worst habit or something that you really think you could ditch? Because I know, so, so uh, in all, full disclosure, you're doing sober January, not drinking January. I'm not drinking January. A couple of our other friends are not drinking in January. And by the way, I've drank more Gatorade Zeros and LaCroix and Coke Zeros, whatever's lit, because I just, I'm constantly drinking stuff. So if it's not those those natties or those yinglings <laughs> on game day, it's, it's, it's been a struggle to find something to drink. And what, what would you think, Rob, I'll throw this to you and Nick, what is your worst habit or something you're trying to kick in uh, 2021 or just, just for life? So I, I thought about this a little bit getting ready for the pod when I saw the, the topic. So one thing that I, I've always done that, I, that drives me crazy that I'd like a habit I like to break is whenever I wake up in the morning, I kind of just lay in bed for like, God, like 15, 20 minutes before I get up and going. I wish I was just one of those people that just could like wake up and go. And just thinking about what Nick was saying there, like putting my phone probably... 10 feet away from my bed. So I got to get out of bed to, to get it or turn the alarm off. I mean, that would probably work on that right there. And then the other one is if you start talking about like relationships and the, the love language stuff, like my wife is very much on like the verbal affirmation side of things. And I'm, I am not that type of person at all. So it like, I need constant reminders to be like that, that verbal affirmation, like partner for, for my wife. I got such a, such a kick out of that last I'm with answer. You there. Well, look, and to Rob's point there, I did. I was so pathetic when I was at the teams. I, w- I was so convinced that I wasn't a good morning workout person that there was like mandatory individual workouts. And I would just go sleep in my locker. I'd be like, man, I can't work out in the morning. I did that for like the first year and a half until like, I don't know, I, I woke the fuck up and said, what are you talking about? You're not good at working out in the morning. And I just said, no, you're going to be good at working out in the morning. And, and now I do it every morning. So it, it is hard to break that, that habit of even just laying in the bed. Like so many people do that. I would say the biggest thing I'm going to try to focus on this year is, is sleep. <laughs> I looked at my whoop data for the year. It's truly pathetic. I mean, awful, 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 like five to six hours nightly with, with beer, without beer. Like I've been told by people way smarter than me, including you two, like how important it is. And there's, there's that, I was listening to Ben Bergeron podcast the other day and he's like, look, there is the law of diminishing gains where you're going to hit a point where like your body can only do what your body can do. If you stay the same, you have to change something. What's it going to be? And, you know, for me this year, I'm, I'm not really going to be committed to a specific diet, but I am going to try to take a little better care of myself, less screen time at night and, and get to bed at a good time, wake up at a good time and just stay consistent. How about you, Dan? Oh uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just trying to think of a good example for the listeners. And, and one of the things that's always been Achilles heel of me, especially back in the day was snacks. Like I just love to snack and just eat shitty carb food you know, when I was bored and that was like a big thing for me. And when I went to college, I, I, was something kind of clicked for me. I was like, dude, I I'm on my own. Like there's nowhere to place to blame if I'm not, you know, reaching the fitness goals or looking the way I want to. So I just never had snacks in my room ever. There was not a fucking snack. If I wanted to eat, I go to the dining hall, I eat a meal and I come back home. If I'd eat a little bit more, that's fine. But again, I'm not going to have those snacks kicking around and just doing that kind of boredom bullshit eating. And again, I I'm not saying that I'm perfect now, but there's a lot less snacks, you know, just in our house. And if I want one, you know, I measure it out ounce wise and, and, you know, be very scientific and make sure that it's something that I want to eat and it's going to give me some enjoyment at the time. So I think just, again, actually measuring the food, 
not having it available, like James Clear, like, like some of those principles, if you don't have things available for you, it's a lot, lot easier to, to stay on track. So if it's booze, if it's high carbohydrates, food, if, if it's chocolate, you know, whatever those things are that, you know, you're, you're indulging in or probably drinking or eating too much of, I'll just say, make those unavailable. And then if you want them, that's cool. But then you put a little tax. So like, if I want something like that, I might have to go to Wawa and get, I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to spend now money on it. So it's like that, again, that same principle where you're, you're having to spend money, you know, it's not good for you. And you have to go out of your way for it. you having to make an extra stop. So the, the, it'll amazingly cut down, I think, on those bad habits and more hurdles you put in front of yourself. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a hard, that's a hard one. Snacking is pretty difficult unless you're counting macros to measure. So yeah, I mac- macros, with kids. Macros help. Yeah. I just, you know, I just try to measure everything I eat in that way and, and count macros. Like those are the two things. If you, if you measure the ounces and the grams, and then you count the macros, it's like you could be eating junk, but as long as you're fitting in those macros and for me, like getting that protein up and hitting the protein powder, then you'll be pretty good. Even if you're kind of falling off a little. Very good. Do you guys have any like big goals this year? Anything specific, either lifting wise or not? I mean, is there anything that's like that you were thinking, man, I want to get this done in 2021? There's nothing on the like barbell side of things. I feel like I've hit a lot of those numbers and anything I would shoot for now would kind of be a disappointment to me. But now like hitting <laughs> this concept too for, for six months now, it kind of lines up perfectly with that, that 4k that's coming yeah. up in like mid summertime. So I think going sub six thirty on a 4k on that would be a pretty, I'd be pretty happy if I did that after a year of uh, hitting this thing five days a week, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, it'd be sick. Fitness wise, I've been doing a lot of strict pull ups recently. You know, I could probably hit right around nine or 10 strict pull ups in a row. I think 15 strict pull ups in a row would be a pretty, pretty solid benchmark for myself. Now, it is my worst exercise by far. It is taking me a while to get even where I am with the pull ups, but I think 15 strict pull ups, full range of motion would be a pretty good goal for myself. And I'm going to try to work towards that because the barbell stuff, I think I've gotten to a point where. I've hit some decent lifts this year. I feel pretty good with where I am. I just need to improve the technique. I need to improve the efficiency, but the getting better at handstand pushups would be another one. If I can get, you know, five to 10, somewhere that number of strict handstand pushups in a row and really master my body weight would be, a, I think, a good place for me to be this year. So those two things, strict handstand, let's, let's put it on the pod. So we're good. 15 strict pull-ups and then let's go, let's set eight strict handstand pushups would be a good goal. I'm probably at about three right now. So, so we'll see. Nice. But uh, those are, those are two of my goals. Good. Awesome. I, I like the 15 on the pull-up. That's a really good number. Like if you can do 15 strict pull-ups, you're, you're pretty, pretty stout dude. If you, unless you weigh like 120 pounds and doesn't count. Yeah. At 188, 190 pounds. I feel like that's pretty, pretty decent. You guys are a little thicker, but probably hit more than me. Yeah. 15 is a, a good number. That's when you start looking at someone and you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. You're, you're different than the, the people walking around the street. That's for sure. And once you have 20, you're like, what was Remy's Remy's number was 30. I think he gave <laughs> something us something ridiculous or whatever it was. That's nuts. 30 strict pulps is, I mean, for as nuts a goal as that is, that's an awesome goal. Like if you hit 30 strict oh, pulps, yeah. that, that's fucking hall of fame. Awesome. Right there. I love that yeah. goal. It's Nick, great. what do you got as far as goals for the year or anything? Well, you said 350 clean already. Yeah, I'd say 350 clean, but that's more of like a lifetime PR. That would just be cool to check the box 350 and 275 on the snatch. Now you can just put those down for as many years until it takes me to get there. Yeah, I mean, from a fitness perspective, that's about it. I got a whole bunch of other shit in my little brain that I got <laughs> that I still have to vocalize. One of them probably involves uh, talking to you guys. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a good year. Anyone out there that I, I told this to my sales team, told it to my team at work. Anyone that has any need for accountability police is something as little as I want to lose five pounds or I want to run a mile, whatever it may be, let us know. We can be that for you. We're good accountability buddies. Yeah, we're accountability buddies. That's good. I've never heard that. <laughs> I think it was, I think I stole that from South Park, but I could, I could be wrong. <laughs> Great. Good. All right. Let's do the, the worst wad you've ever done and dance stream of the week before we hit, get to the hitters. Okay. So this is my fun topic. Everyone's going to go with the worst workout they've ever done. I'll kick it off because it was my idea, but we have one in our gym called Rainbow Road. So I'll give the comp numbers and I'll give you the numbers that I did it at. I'll start with the ones I did it at. So it's four time. I think it took me around 45 minutes. Run four, <laughs> run, run, run 400 meters, 
15 squat cleans at 105, 15 shoulder to overheads at 105, run 800 meters, 12 squat cleans at 135, 12 shoulder overheads at 135, run 1200 meters, nine squat cleans at 155, nine shoulder overheads at 155, and then you run a mile, six squat cleans at 175, six shoulder overheads at 175. And this was when I was still kind of developing my strength. I could definitely do this at RX now, but I had to take tens off. So I went the last six shoulder overheads at 155 because I, I simply couldn't move the 175 pound overhead, but I, I know I could get that now. If you want the, the competition numbers, if you're a savage out there, change all those numbers to 135, 165, 185, and 205. And I just remember finishing that wad. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I said, no you got to post that because it's hard to, it's hard to take in what the hell yeah, there's hard so to take much it. going on there. It's a lot of running and the squat cleans will get you because there are power cleans. I feel like it'd be so much easier, but the squat cleans just, I feel like zap your energy, especially after that much running. So that would, that would be the hardest squat ever. And it was just a, 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 a bloodbath and I never want to do it again, but I probably will. That's awful. We'll post all, all three of these. Rob, what do you have? This is really hard to think. There's been so many awful workouts in my lifetime. I, I can't, if you want me to come up with like one specifically, I remember I like right after PT school, I did a hybrid like strongman CrossFit workout. And the first event, I think it took me like a good 30, 45 minutes to recover, but it was like a 650 pound yoke walk for like 50 feet. And I think it was like a hundred double unders and then 50 wall balls with like a 30 pound med ball. And then you had to walk the yoke back to the starting line after doing all that. And I just remember, cause everything was like small enough sets that you should have been doing it on broken and then putting a heavy yoke on your back after doing that that just that just crushed me but back, back in the strong man days like every single saturday when we'd work out we'd always end up with like conditioning and when you do things and like there usually be like three or four of us working out and it would be like a you go i go type of pattern and workouts like that where there's other people going and you know they're like waiting on you you just push at a different intensity so those like every every single week i would get to the point where like somebody would be killed over and throwing up so there's there's dozens of those workouts out there. The, the double under is after a heavy yoke walk. <laughs> That's such a weird thing for your body to have to go through. Can I hypothesize a guess that those 30-pound wall balls were the worst part of that workout? They were, and it was outside, and there was like a little bit of a pitch to the to the ground. So you would <sighs> like do one, your feet would slide back, and I feel like I was probably pushing like 11 feet by the end of it. Oh, God. <laughs> I did a workout called Bridges. I think it's after the the crossfit athlete and again this is all like when you did it makes a lot of difference right like right now this might not be as terrible but it reads still pretty terribly this was years ago but five rounds 10 strict handstand push-ups with a four inch deficit 15 thrusters at 155 20 bar facing burpees and 25 pull-ups oh I mean, just reading it again. I don't think I could do one rep on the strict deficit handstand push-ups of four inches. I'm out. And then you get, and then you get done the ten, and you have to do fifteen thrusters at one fifty-five, bro. Oh, just, just an ass kicking. I think it was a thirty-minute cap, and I, I in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, looks like I did thirty-one thirty, so I must have finished over the time. And then I did it a couple September's ago in twenty-nine forty-two. But I mean, in, in my descriptions, I've written like dead, completely dead, dead. I wrote dead three times in three separate lines. So yeah, I'd say it's probably the worst one I've ever done. Just terrible shoulder work and really a dumb workout when you read it. Five That's, rounds of it, stupid. Uh, five rounds, because then on top, which the pull-ups seem like probably the easiest part, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But and you're still, you're still doing 125. 125 you're still basically doing more than half a Murph in pull-ups. Oh, no, no. Yeah. More than a Murph. More than more a Murph. Than a Murph. Yeah. 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 Pull-ups. On top of all that other shit. That's insane. Yeah, some of these Stupid. workouts are so dumb. But hopefully we get a couple good ones this year. We'll be able to share some more. Hopefully we get to upgrade. Because I think you did Rainbow Road this, this year, right? Wasn't it 2020? No, I did Rainbow Road in 2019. Actually, before okay. the competition we did together, I would, you know, and they they did it recently at our gym. But I wasn't. I was one of the days I couldn't be there because I was at work, so haven't got a chance to test it again. But I'm going to test it. Obviously, I, I can't do the competition to to throw 205 overhead, which is my one rep max is 200. At the end of that, it's not gonna, it's just not going to happen. So the other version, which is the one I did before, and I'll post both of these. But but is what I'm going to stick with next time. Cool. So we ready? Stream of the week. Stream of the week. What do you got? <laughs> yeah. Do you guys, either of you, are you familiar with the DB Cooper story? Yeah. 
You are. So they can feel you, Rob. You've never heard of it before. So it's it's a real life story. It was in the 70s in the Pacific Northwest. I think it was in Oregon. And this dude boards a plane. He hijacks a plane, forces the plane to land. He's got a thing of explosives, gets an FBI agent to give him like $200,000. And he gets the plane, discharges the passengers, gets the plane back up in the air with, with the money, right? So his plan is get the plane back up in the air with the pilots that are flying. And he's going to jump out of the back of the plane with the money. Okay, so he's got $200,000. He's jumping out of the back of plane with the suitcase of money. And his goal is to survive, right? So this is a little bit before the days where you had visual cameras on planes and he was never found. Like no trace of him, no trace of the money, no trace of the parachute, no trace of anything. And it's like this amazing Pacific Northwest legend. And they interviewed four people throughout and they kind of compare and contrast the stories and the facts and the details of the case. And they interview these four people who swear they have an affiliation to the real D.B. Cooper. And it's a fucking awesome deep dive into like who did it, who was the person, what did it look like? And it's just fucking awesome. I was like, totally. And even my wife who hates shit like that was just, we were both just jaw drop. Couldn't, nobody's looking at our phones. What's this on? HBO Max. That sounds sick. Sounds like the most interesting thing that we talked about today. It might be. Does this dovetail into your gym hitter? Is this why you made it the stream of the week? <laughs> I wish you know, no. I'm you know what I'm, you know what song I'm talking about? Is this a Steve Miller band? Take the money and run. No, the only reason I knew DB Cooper is from Kid Rock Ball with the oh, Ball, and that's I, I said to <laughs> yeah for DB Cooper and the money he took. There you go. You got, so, was, so, uh, well, the fascinating reference. thing too is like my I, I kept thinking there were so many eyewitnesses. There were so many people on the plane that saw this dude. But you got to think it's the 1970s. He's wearing glasses. He's got a hat on. He's got he's just an average looking average height white dude it's like it's tough to peg that down with an eyewitness you know there's so many people that kind of look like and the, i can't um, believe they never and there's been so much chatter about they think they found the remains over the last 30 40 years but they've never been able to verify they've never been able to find the money it gives me chills like honestly it gives me chills talking it's such a fucking fascinating story and the thing that i really think he got away and you know Rob knows I love a good conspiracy theory, but the reason I really think he got away is when you look at the search party and that after the initial landing, it is the most amazingly like, like they show pictures of like, there is a parties all over scouring the area that he could have possibly been within that nine, like that nine mile radius. They didn't find a damn thing. So I'm thinking like he, he had to have gotten away. Right. I don't know. We'll see. I gotta, I gotta watch this. How high did he, nah, whatever. Yeah, you'll, you'll see it. They, they give all the details. If you know, if I know you, with your background, you probably know more about jumps and things like That's, that. And they have, they have military people kind of on either side. They have this one crazy military dude who's out there scouring all the time. And he swears that he could have never made it. Couldn't have got through the jungle. It was nighttime or couldn't have got through the woods. It was nighttime. But then you hear other people say differently. It, it's wild, man. This is better than the escape at Alcatraz, though, for sure. That's the other one that's kind of cool where the guys, jump, you know, they escaped Alcatraz and swam across the, the really cold water. This is way cooler because those guys probably got eaten by sharks or something. I guess yeah. maybe they couldn't but, or they didn't. But this this guy could actually be out there. Maybe not yeah. anymore. <laughs> I, I, I won't give any more away because there's so many twists and turns. And, and I want you guys to check it out for yourself. Cool. All right, boys, let's do some hitters. Let's let's up, update the, the playlist. Rob, we got. I got the Glorious Sons with the track "Mama." Got it, Dan. I stumbled onto this one every once in a while. I'll hit up a great playlist on Spotify called "Rap Caviar," and they hit me with a uh, song "Quicksand" by Maury, who I looked up as kind of a newer guy, newer rapper, and he's friends with Jay Cole from North Carolina. Really great song, and he's kind of thick, so I like him. Yeah, I'd never heard of that until you sent it over. Dreamville, baby, stand up. I have Kendrick Lamar, Ronald Reagan era. Great song. Not sure why it hasn't been on yet. Not a huge Kendrick Lamar fan, but this uh, That's surprising. You're, you're, not a, you're, you're not a huge Kendrick Lamar fan? Like, I'm not like a huge, like, I'm a J. Cole fan over Kendrick Lamar. So many people just love Kendrick, and, you know, I think he's fine. But this song fucking hits. I, I think Kendrick Lamar, and again, you guys don't want to fucking hear my opinions on Kendrick Lamar, but you're going to get them fantastic for when he hits, but he's got way too many misses for me to put yeah, him in like, that's the what I'm saying. yeah, like, like if you just look at his tracks, he has some of the best songs of all time, but he has so many misses. You know what he's like 
311, one of my favorite bands. I love 311. But if you listen to a whole 311 album, there's probably three to four good songs and seven or eight that you would never listen to ever again, you know. But the totality of the band, I love them. Yeah. I feel the same way about him. I actually very jittery, you know, like the way he comes at some of the, it's just, he doesn't flow. But then when he does, it's like, why don't you do this all the time? It's, it's that consistency, man. It's so goddamn hard, but he's, you know, I, I think you, you got to look at the totality of his catalog, which if you look at all of his music, there's 15 songs that he has that I absolutely love. So I, I love him, but I under, totally understand that, you know, where you're coming from. Cool. All right. Well, hopefully you guys got something out of this. We're going to have some good guests lined up in the next couple of weeks and months, but we wanted to come to you, just the three of us, talk some habits talk some goal creation and just get back in touch with some new and old listeners. Pretty cool to see that we have listeners popping up all over the place. A couple new folks out of Nashville, which is really encouraging and exciting because I don't know anyone in Nashville. So welcome to the party. Anything on the way out, boys? Great to be back, guys. Thanks a lot. Later.